Today on the Dad the Best I Can show. Heck, we were at a uh, at a friend's house uh, just the other weekend, and uh, he has this very bad habit of just looking down when he walks. Uh, I mean, you know, they're they're still getting their balance, and he he's to the point now where he's running okay. But he, I'm trying to encourage him, Elijah, look up when you run. And what he did was he ran right in front of a, a, a girl who was swinging on a rope swing and definitely got clocked up beside the head um, and taken out, basically, because uh, Dave was a little slow on the uptake and realized, uh-oh, uh, too late. <laughs> and so uh, while that wasn't necessarily intentionally letting him fail, um, you know, it, it, she wasn't swinging that hard. So he was okay, and then everything was fine. Ten seconds later, he was up and at him. Uh, but it's one of those, okay, there are negative consequences if you don't do things that make, you know, abject sense. Welcome to the Dad the Best I Can show. My name is Rob Roseman, who wants to be a millionaire legend, Chicago futures trader, Vegas poker pro. Now I'm a dad to three kids, ages seven, five, and two. Phew. Wears me out just thinking about it. Each week we bring on high-performing dads like you. Entrepreneurs like Jesse Itzler, CEOs like David Cancel from Drift.com, athletes like Ken Rideout, best-selling children's authors like Zach Bush, to tell us your stories, your dad tips and tricks, to help all of us make it through dad life. We have a brand new website over at dadthebestican.com. Go on over to dadthebestican.com and sign up with your email. It's 100% free, of course. Be the first to hear brand new dad guests and get weekly dad tips in your inbox. Okay, enough out of me. On to today's show. All right, welcome to the Dad the Best I Can show. Today we are joined by Caleb Rule. Caleb is a digital marketing expert. He's a pickleball player and he is a dad. Hey, Caleb, how's it going today? Hey, I'm doing well, Rob. How about yourself? Doing great. Where are you calling in from? I am calling you right now from a conference room in Roswell, Georgia, uh, just a little while ways away from where I am in Woodstock. Nice. Down the street from me, we're in Roswell, too. So, Caleb, you are a dad. How old are your kids now? So, I have uh, my first, Elijah, is 19 months old uh, and is uh, eating his way through my wallet and budget, as you can imagine. Uh, and we actually, uh, my wife and I, are expecting our second in early April. Um, a little girl. So I'm going to get the full dad experience with uh, number two. Her name is uh, probably going to be Ella Ruth Rule. So I'm very cute. To that. Congratulations. We had uh, we have two boys and a girl. The girl is they say it's different. It is different, but it's a nice, nice <laughs> to get them both. I heard uh, daughters oh. never leave their dad. So it's good to uh, have somebody to take care of you when you get older. Uh, I'm sure I'll need it the way uh, the way the boys running me ragged. Yeah, 19 months is an underrated tough age. The terrible twos, I think people say wait for two. I'm like, that 18 month was when uh, it was a little crazy. So much respect. Uh, ours, is, ours has definitely uh, started to learn the word no, and he hasn't quite hit that, oh, I can use it defiantly now stage. <laughs> and so we're like, uh-oh. We're just kind of like on pins and needles waiting for the moment. It's like, oh, now it's time to learn how to discipline our children. Yeah, so, yeah it's uh, a lot of fun and a lot of blessings, but yeah. Um, like you're saying, I mean, cause you've, you've gone through a lot of these hurdles. 
Yeah, you forget too every time. I think that's like part of uh, the way your brain is wired to quickly forget. I'm like, I do not remember them acting like this, but they do. And, you know, it does get a little easier once uh, he starts communicating more and you can understand his tantrums versus just yelling. So you'll uh, you'll be in good shape. He'll have it all figured out by the time uh, baby sister comes along. Things to look forward to. Yes, yes. So I discovered Caleb on LinkedIn where he wrote a really compelling article about what his toddler son is teaching him about his career. And uh, I reached out to him and I'd, I'd love to hear you share, share that article and what you learned from that. Sure, and, and first off, thanks for reading. I, I'm, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn, more as a learning platform, and, and I'm not usually a content creator, but this is one of those things where over the last 12 months, uh, my family's gone through uh, just a lot of changes. Uh, I mean, we moved from Augusta up to the, the Woodstock Roswell area, northeast side of Atlanta. Um, you know, job definitely changed, house definitely changed, friends and family changed. Uh, I guess not family, but still. Uh, it's And it was one of those things where a lot of things were just percolating and just thinking, you know, I just want to put pen to paper and I just kind of just want to write. And in this case, uh, I honestly have seen myself evolve just in so many ways, uh, as you naturally do when your first child is born. I mean, you've become a dad, you've become this new thing. Your identity is now changing in real time. Uh, and, and as Elijah meets new goals, and like you alluded to earlier, can communicate differently, you know, that's gonna change how I read and react. And, and, and um, you know, not only in the home though, but it's also changing kind of how I approach things, even at work where I'm spending, you know, certainly a lot of time. So, uh, I mean, for instance, I mean, and, and this is, just lesson one that he taught me, and the headline just reads, being good, but not the world's foremost expert at lots of things is, in fact, okay. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm 30 right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at one of those inflection points in my careers where it's like, hey, you know, the range of outcomes for me is very, very wide. Um, it could go a lot of different directions. Um, I love working across different digital marketing mediums and kind of seeing how the chess pieces work together. Um, and, and at times though, I've had that questioned by people saying, why don't you try to specialize in one or two areas? And um, I see pros and cons to both, but I'm, I've learned to be more comfortable with kind of the direction I'm going um, because Elijah, I mean, I, I even say this in the article, he's a blank canvas um, right now. He is learning and being shaped every day by new interactions, new things that, that he's uh, kind of figuring out and he'll ultimately forge his own path and, uh, you know, my career kind of reflects that too. It's like my path is still yet to be forged. There's 10 years experience up to this point, but um, there's many, many more years experience and many, many more things that I'm, I'm going to learn and I need to learn. And, and so in that way, you know, Elijah has taught me to be more comfortable with where my career is now and, and, and be more comfortable with the unknown that lies ahead. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I, I totally advise what you're doing. You know, I wish I'd learned that when I was a little bit younger, I, I was more of a specialist. I was a trader for seven years, or that's all I eat, slept and breathed. And then I was a poker player for 11 years. And that's all I did. And now I've just started to kind of go for breadth over depth in a lot of ways. And just the different things you learn and the people that you meet and just having like some ability to speak to and even find the right people to work on different things has, has been really helpful. And yeah, like you said, kids are uh, 
they're into everything. So it is a good, uh, good following his lead. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, especially that flexibility. I mean, of course, any parent will nod their head at the word flexibility because you have to be flexible. But even uh, like gauging success, I'm a fairly analytical person, and that's actually one of the lessons in the article, too, is the headline just says, being a results guy doesn't always work. Um, I'm learning to enjoy the journey more and also to, to, to kind of find success in how you got to the results, even the results aren't necessarily what you were looking for. Uh, I mean, Elijah didn't cut his teeth um, until very, very late. I mean, it, you know, I think his first tooth came in maybe 11 or 12 months in. And so a lot of, you know, standards say, hey, you know, they could, they could have it as early as like six or eight months. They could have it as late as like 14 months. And so I'm having to really be patient and kind of just enjoy the journey of where he is. And he's forcing that flexibility a little bit. And like you said, uh, you know, that flexibility kind of allows you to um, adapt to whatever the role is, whether it's breadth or whether it's depth. Uh, so it allows for a lot more growth in, in different ways. Yeah, it's easy to talk about being process over results, a lot harder to actually embody that and stuff is still going to affect you. And you also hear a lot about, you know, embrace failure. And it's easy. It's almost like a cliche these days. So what, what are some examples of how you maybe at work and, and also maybe how Elijah does kind of are okay with failure and learn from it and, and keep on moving? Because as we all know, perfect is the enemy of good and, and finished. So a lot of times just getting stuff done and keep it moving is, is the way to go. Yeah. No, and I love that you referenced that because it's the flip side of actually one of my favorite quotes, which is good is often the enemy of great. Uh, but there's really a, a tension there, right? It's like, okay, that's good, but how do you get better? And that is continuous improvement. That's a good thing, but you're right. in, in the sense that perfection uh, is rarely attained uh, striving for it is good, but you have to know uh, when you have hit maybe the law of diminishing returns in terms of, hey, in that effort to get from great to perfect, are you really just killing yourself for no point? Um, I would say at work, uh, in, in different roles, I've had a couple of times where, for instance, I had um, some on-site SEO, for instance, where I'd optimized a couple of pages, on-site everything was looking really, really strong, and the page just wasn't necessarily performing as I wanted to. Um, and so it was like, all right, you know, the logic behind, you know, the decisions that I made and, and maybe how the, the picture was placed and how the call to action was phrased on the button and how the headline was written and how just the content flowed on maybe a main landing page for a product. Uh, the logic was there. You know, there's a very, you know, kind of step by step progression and how I got from point A to point B and here's the result. Uh, but the data didn't necessarily back it up. And so I said, okay, uh, you know, I've been thankful to have good managers and bosses who have said, you know, we're not going to penalize you for being wrong because the process made sense. Just how are you going to grow and learn from it? And I think Elijah as well. I mean, uh, heck, we were at a, uh, at a friend's house uh, just the other weekend, and uh, he has this very bad habit of just looking down when he walks. Uh, I mean, you know, they're, they're still getting their balance, and he, he's to the point now where he's running okay. But he, I'm trying to encourage him, Elijah, look up when you run. And what he did was he ran right in front of a, a, a girl who was swinging on a rope swing and definitely got clocked up beside the head um, and taken out, basically, because uh, Dave was a little slow on the uptake and realized, uh-oh, uh, too late. <laughs> and so uh, while that wasn't necessarily intentionally letting him fail, um, you know, it, it, she wasn't swinging that hard. So he was okay, and then everything was fine. Ten seconds later, he was up and at him. 
Uh, but it's one of those, okay, there are negative consequences if you don't do things that make, you know, abject sense. Right. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, you do have to uh, touch the stove a couple times to learn these lessons. But, you know, the beauty of kids, too, that I sometimes drives me crazy and sometimes I'm a little envious of is just how, how short their memories are, how quickly they get over stuff. It's like uh, that could be a, a baseball closer, give up a grand slam and then crying. And then literally 40 seconds later, they're fine. And I'm like, what? what just happened there? You were you were driving me crazy about something and now you're over it. I'm like, in some ways... I, I'm admiring this quality in you. Have you seen that a lot uh, just with food choices? Because I've noticed that happens a lot. It's like, hey, this is the, this is the, like corn. You know, this is the greatest thing ever. The next day is like, uh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, but it can happen in a five-minute span or a five-day span. Yes. It's they're they're <laughs> fickle and they're it's their world. We're just we're just living in it. <laughs> so I saw you also in the in the post wrote about uh you know teaming up with your wife and you know how that relates to at work and that is something that you learn you know when you don't have kids it's you know you can pretty much worry about yourself your girlfriend your wife but it's a team effort and you know you have to check your ego and 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 help each other if unless you're going to get you'll just get run over by uh you know one kid wait till you have two so i think you've set up a good precedent with your wife on that i mean she is a super mom uh you know she is very sacrificial in the way that she views the family uh to which i am incredibly thankful for uh not only does she go above and beyond i mean she's you know she's she's carrying her second child and yet uh, a, a few nights ago i was just wiped from work and so um, elijah got just would not go down would not settle and about midnight um, he got up crying and she could tell I was dragging and she got out of bed and actually went into and, and, and comforted him. And I'm like, you're pregnant and you're, you know, picking up the family in this way because I have nothing left in my tank right now. Um, and so, of course, I'm incredibly thankful for her. And yeah, I, I think in terms of, you know, the team, I mean, how our marriages, how our household operates is going to revolve around the relationship that that my wife and I have together. And that's going to be foundational to how Elijah and Ella both um, approach the rest of their lives. I mean, I think back to premarital counseling, and I remember, you know, one of the first things we walked through with our counselor was just, um, hey, you know, what was the, the marriage like in the house that you grew up in, if there was one? And it was very interesting just to see how there were a lot of direct correlations between our upbringing and our expectations for what our marriage was going to be, you know? And so I'm thinking, oh, you know, not that I'm putting this unnecessary pressure on myself for 20 to 30 to 40 years, if that's the direction my children decide to go with their lives, you know, oh, our marriage is going to determine how their marriage is or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But there are long lasting consequences to small decisions that I'm going to make now. And my relationship with my wife is going to be first and foremost to many of those. Um, and so, you know, I can look at that from a career aspect as well, because I want to move into management someday, uh, you know, maybe maybe in the next year or two, maybe not. I'm 30, you know, so it, it doesn't necessarily have to happen right now. And I may or may not be ready for it, um, you know, too. But a good leader is going to look out for the needs of the team and be willing to, to wade in there and sacrifice well, uh, but also build up and encourage um, those who are around him or her. I've had a lot of good bosses who do that. So I've pulled sometimes from what they've done with me to encourage me and build me up in the workplace. And I've applied it to my home life to make sure that my wife feels loved 
feels supported and also feels like she gets a break uh, now and then. Yeah, so huge. Well done. You're uh, wise beyond your years, Caleb. It took me a few years to realize that, but yeah, always uh, stepping up when you're not asked and not even asking for credit about it is a great, great tip for everybody. Let's take a quick break for our dad tip of the week brought to you by Kickstart Reading. Do you have kids between the ages of three and six? I've got two boys, and when my older son was going into kindergarten, my wife and I quickly learned that we had no idea how to teach him how to read. We found Kickstart Reading and watched one two-minute video together, and you could see his confidence take off. Bonus, I felt like dad of the year. Here's another dad talking about how Kickstart Reading is helping his boys learn how to read. Hey there, this is Chris Heller, and I'm a big fan of Kickstart Reading. Each morning before school, I show a video to my four-and-a-half-year-old son, and now his little two-year-old brother is getting in on the action as well. I'm a big fan of the videos. Highly consumable and engaging for young boys. Definite recommend for all parents out there who are looking to get their kids off to the right start with reading. Kickstart Reading. Go to kickstartreading.com and use the code DAD to get 65% off right now. That's D-A-D, DAD. See? It works. Kickstartreading.com. Now back to the show. Uh, Along those lines, we'd like to do a dad tip on the show. Do you have a dad tip you can give us? I do. um, And I'm going to give you two, uh, I think. I know that technology has been kind of thematic for some of the dad tips. And as a 30-year-old, I have a lot of friends who are moving into uh, parenthood, you know, whether in their mid to late 20s or even their early 30s, they're moving this way. Um, So dad tip one is don't be afraid to put the phone down and put it away. Um, there is a lot of data um, when it comes to even meetings in the workplace that if your phone is near you, you're distracted. Even if it's face down on the table in front of you, you are not fully engaged with the conversation that's happening in the meeting. I think Harvard Business Review has a lot of information on this. Um, do the same at home. You know, My generation is absolutely, I mean, we're hooked to our phones and it's, it's a convenient advice and I, I do the same. But your child is only this little once. And so uh, my wife and I are, are really trying to just put the phone down, put it away in a designated space. And when I get home and then for a couple hours, it's just me and the kids, you know, or me and the wife or something like that. Um, yeah, that's, that is, that's great because I think what you said there is important. We're so addicted to these devices and, you know, it is not necessarily the devices that are causing it. We had near all. He just wrote Indistractable. He was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about how it's more of a behavioral thing than, you know, the tech isn't addicting us. But like you said, putting it away, you know, if it's in our pocket and we have a slight tinge of boredom, we're going to want to check it. So I think that's a great tip as to my kid. We bought uh, Dixie cups to play with the other day, which is a great secret trick. Uh, your, yours might be a little young for it, but three bucks, 200 cups, and they were building castles. So but the key was put the phone in the other room so I don't even have temptation to check it. And not having it has been a real help. So I think that is a great tip because, you know, sometimes we, we can't control it. And having that boundary is very helpful. Uh, you know, that actually feeds into the what dad tip number two was going to be is don't be afraid to let your child um, tell you how to play. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, we've placed an emphasis on more books, but also with the toys that we're buying Elijah, making more of the toys, not all, but more of them more wooden 
Um, so that way they don't have the direct sensory kind of inputs to the child. So it's like he's going to tell me how to play with it instead of the toy kind of telling him and kind of stimulating him in a particular direction. And I think that's allowing him to be, a, a, you know, explore a little bit more of his creativity. Uh, my wife just found her, I think it's Fisher Price's like little people. And like her set was from the 80s. Um, you know, but, but it's just these little people that go around in a school or a park and they go down a slide and stuff. He'll sit there and play with it for 45 minutes straight as a 19 month old. It's going, whoa, you know, he's able to focus because his mind is the one that's kind of directing the, the you know, it's directing how to play. Yeah, they love it. You'll see as he gets a little older, too, he'll start uh, telling you what to do as to you're going to be playing kitchen or whatever. <laughs> and it is really fun to see their minds, how quickly they work. And it is our temptation, you know, it's usually the grandparents that I just say, okay, buy them whatever you want, but we are trying to get better at uh, their content, especially at this young of an age with not much. The box, the box that the toy came in might be as good as the toys. So, uh, right. Be, uh, don't be so ambitious with the toys that you get your kids. Building some box forts and uh, I look forward to that Dixie cup idea. I really like that. I'm going to be uh, maybe running by, uh, running by the grocery store on the way home and trying this out. I'm telling you, we went to Boy Scouts with one of my sons and they had him out. And I was like, this is genius because they were playing with it for a half hour. And I just I took a picture of my kid yesterday. He had 200 Dixie cups stacked all the way up. Now, Elijah will probably use it as King Kong to smash it. But that's a fun game, too. <laughs> that is very true. He, he will probably smash whatever daddy tries to build. He does that with Mega Blocks now, but that into itself is a heck of a lot of fun. And you, the Dixie Cup yeah. lasts a while. That's a great idea. You build it and let him smash it, and he will be the happiest kid ever. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about digital marketing. Uh, you hear that term a lot, but a lot of us don't really even know what that is and why we need it for our businesses. Can you tell us a uh, beginner's guide to digital marketing and, and what you're doing in that space? <laughs> sure. So... Uh, in one sentence, uh, as best I can, digital marketing is the ecosystem upon which people find information that's relevant to what they need. Uh, in many cases, that uh, you know, might be a business or a service that is what they're looking for, but a lot of times it's the answer to a question that they might have. Um, in terms of you know, what I do, I mean, I've worked across many channels, whether it's Google ads and, and Facebook ads with some pay-per-click, whether it's uh, website, you know, content layout, some content development, and kind of making it the best, hey, let's get you the most relevant information possible experience that you might have. Um, there's certainly other aspects to this as well. Uh, being able to tell what worked and what didn't uh, through analytics is, is a huge part of it. So from a beginner's aspect, it's really, okay, how are you going to give a potential customer what they need in a manner uh, that makes them more, you know, that makes them pleased with their experience with you. If you can check that box at your core, you're going to make somebody more likely to actually choose you to provide that product or service that they're looking for. I mean, it's a very complex world too. And there are so many people starting their own businesses now. What do you think? I mean, would you recommend, I know you're working at, at Kigo right now where they help a lot of businesses with their digital marketing. Is this something that people can do on, on their own or do you really advise just going to a professional and, and getting it done right? It, the answer is it really depends. Uh, I mean, there are some people who can pick this up really well and there's a lot of great information out there uh, for beginners. For instance, Moz, M-O-Z, has a great beginner's guide to SEO. I think they recently revised that here in uh, 2019. 
uh, to update that to some more standards. If you read that and if you understand it pretty intuitively, you might be able to do some of this by yourself. Um, any business owner should be able to um, set up and claim and verify their Google My Business listing. Because the first place somebody's going to go is they're going to Google it to figure out who you are and what you do or if they'll even find you on the list of, of businesses that offer what they're looking for. And uh, I've seen research, I think it's Bizarre Voice, it may have been a 2018 study, um, where they had, uh, where they were looking at how many people actually read reviews. And Google My Business is a great place not to just get five-star reviews, but also for you to respond to them. And you can turn a negative review into a positive there, or you can just show a potential client, hey, I listen and I'm responsive. So if you start anywhere, start with Google My Business. It's also free, I might add. So uh, if anyone calls you trying to get your credit card, uh, they're scamming you. Uh, but then you can certainly find uh, a lot of free guides out there from Moz, uh, from HubSpot, from, I mean, Microsoft and Google. They have a lot of introductory, you know, not just introductory information, but also, hey, I want to run my own Facebook ads. Okay, Facebook has training for that. Mm -hmm. You may feel comfortable with it. You may not. Um, I've seen instances where a small business owner can run it themselves and it's well optimized. I have seen probably more instances of people who have set up a Google Ads campaign and all of a sudden they're wasting $100 or $1,000 a week um, because they didn't do it well. So from that vantage point, um, don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, we here at Kigo work with franchisors. So, uh, you know, we'll work with the, with the corporate headquarters and then kind of have, hey, here's what we'll be able to do for your 20, your 50, your 100, your 500 locations. Uh, and then, we, you know, like I am one of the account managers here and we'll kind of work hand in hand with each of those locations to figure out what works best for them. And uh, we'll talk them through and educate them, you know, hey, here's how you can hold me accountable. Like, here's what good looks like and here's what good doesn't look like. Um, but to your original question, you know, what would I recommend? How technically savvy are you is, is really the question. And be honest, because some people think they're technically savvy and then they're not, you know, they're, they're sometimes thinking, have you tried turning the computer on and off again to fix any of your problems? Uh, and, and that may say that you maybe should not be designing your own website, for instance. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're at, at Kigo. That's uh, Q-I-I-G-O.com. Is that correct? That, that is correct. And, uh, and, do, and like I you guys do everything. You're uh, not just pay-per-click. You, you handle all kinds of digital marketing. That's true. So we've got uh, local listings management, and that goes back to Google My Business. You may have Bing, Facebook, a lot of other places out there. Yelp, of course, is, is pretty well known. Um, that's kind of the bread and butter, and I think what one of the kind of core foundations upon which this company has been built. Uh, Pay-per-click, uh, which is uh, primarily Google Ads, but there is certainly Bing Ads as well that links into that. Uh, there is social media with Facebook and Instagram, a lot going on there. Uh, there's display advertising uh, as well through what's called programmatic. Uh, and there's definitely search engine optimization, SEO for short. Uh, a lot of things that work together to really, uh, and of course we do website design and, and hosting as well. Almost forgot the big one. Um, but uh, all of these work very hand in hand cohesively into one digital marketing strategy uh, for a franchisor and their franchisees. Yeah, that's a great description. And as somebody that's you know recently got into the entrepreneurial space, when you have no knowledge of something, you almost think, oh, you know, go run Facebook ads or I, I see these products on Instagram that are doing great. But once you do dig in, even to the free stuff or the paid courses, you realize how 
daunting it may be. So I do think in a lot of ways, learn so you can have the conversation with the professional. But I do think in a lot of ways, outsourcing and, and doing focusing on what you're good at is probably a smart move for a lot of businesses and, and let the pros handle the rest. Sure. I mean, play to your strengths. That's really it. If you're just always trying to pick up weaknesses, then then you'll probably be more miserable uh, doing it. And you're, you're not capitalizing on your natural advantages. Especially if you have a, a couple kids at home running around crazy <laughs> and trying to uh, post on six different social platforms. All right, Caleb, you know what this sound means. It's time for some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. What is the first car you ever owned? A 2000 or a 1999 Toyota Camry. What is your favorite meal to eat for dinner? Oh, that depends on the day. Uh, I'm going to go with a homemade pizza because even with the dough, which is homemade, it is nothing's better. What is your favorite movie of all time? We'll start with drama. Oh, gosh. Uh, so I worked at a movie theater in high school, and it sort of ruined movies for me. Uh, drama. Because I always think of, like, Ocean's Eleven, which that is counts. really my all-time favorite. Yeah, that's a good one. How about comedy? Uh, I'm going to be judged for this, but the one that's popping in my mind, I actually grew up watching You've Got Mail and Slippers in Seattle. Thanks, Mom. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> that's a good one, too. Uh, that's your wife would probably be pleased to hear that. What is, I'm sure you're a podcast listener. What is your favorite prod, podcast to listen to right now? Um, so one of my go-tos is the marketplace podcast. It's from uh, American public media. Pirates, all of the hosts. Uh, it's business news for the rest of us. And I love hearing, uh, they put it in terms that, uh, that most people can understand. Nice. Well, great answers, Caleb. Uh, we got a couple minutes more. I mentioned in the beginning uh, that you are a pickleball player, which I've recently discovered. <laughs> I always thought it was an old man's game. My parents down in Boca are all playing it, but uh, I'm just learning that it's a high skill sport that even the, the young people are starting to play. Tell us what is pickleball and why is it so amazing? Sure. So uh, pickleball is similar to tennis, but I'll, I'll, it's a little smaller. So uh, take a tennis court, shrink it down to be roughly two-thirds of the size of a tennis court. Um, you have a ball that looks like a wiffle ball. It's not a wiffle ball, but it kind of looks like one, uh, more like a hard plastic. And your paddle is more like a really oversized kind of fancy ping pong paddle. It might have carbon fiber, something like that. Tweak a couple of rules from tennis, and that's basically what you're playing. Uh, it, it, that's what pickleball is. Um, you're right in the sense that it can be high skill. Uh, if you play, if you have any tennis background, you'll pick up pickleball in no time. Uh, but anyone can pick up the game in maybe five to ten minutes. I mean, it's that simple to pick up the basics, uh, which is why it's so fun. It's a really social sport as well. Doubles is the most popular, so you're close enough that you can talk to each other the whole game without yelling. Um, and you're right. Uh, there are a lot of people my age and younger. Uh, I mean, I know some people in their teens and they will just run me off the court and uh, I, I'm a decent level player. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you have all age groups. I almost never have a, uh, have a problem getting my 18 to 34 uh, age bracket filled at a tournament uh, when I'm able to steal away and go play. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it is known for the huge community down in the villages in Florida that pickleball is huge there. And I think that's why it has a, a stigma maybe of a Number one, having an odd name, and number two, being more of an old man or old woman's game. Uh, but it definitely has all age ranges and all skill levels. 
Yes, I, I, I didn't even know they had it here. I just thought it was a uh, Florida retirement community game. So I'm going to have to get out there. And <laughs> I'd have to let oh, you. Uh, it's hopping up here. Yes, I'm excited to give it a try. I love ping pong. I love tennis. It sounds like the perfect, perfect mix. Have to get you out there. I'm looking forward to that. All right, Caleb. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on the Dad the Best I Can podcast. Where can people find out more about what you're up to? Uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect with me there. Uh, so just C-A-L-E-B, last name R-U-L-E, uh, and you'll find my mugshot. Don't be afraid to reach out. And uh, like I said, fairly active, more from a learning perspective, but uh, would love to connect. Yeah, LinkedIn's fantastic. I think I've I've just been shedding some of the other social media and trying to focus on LinkedIn. You learn so much from it. There are so many more people who are way smarter than I will ever be there. And so let me soak it up like a sponge. Yes. All right, Caleb. We'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening to the Dad the Best I Can show. Go take five seconds. Hop on over to dadthebestican.com and sign up with your email to get weekly updates. Dad tips in your mailbox. Get your questions answered on the show. That's dadthebestican.com. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Actually, five stars. We could do better than that. Brooks? Infinity. Infinity stars. Cameron, how many stars? Infinity thousand. Infinity thousand. You got to one-up them in this household. Thanks. See you.